Welcome back to The Breakdown with me, NLW. It's a daily podcast on macro, Bitcoin, and the big picture power shifts remaking our world. The Breakdown is sponsored by Nexo.io and produced and distributed by Coindesk. What's going on, guys? It is Saturday, April 24th, and that means it's time for the weekly recap. This week was the story of two dips. The first actually happened last weekend, Saturday night late East Coast time to be exact. Between 11.15 and 11.35, the price of Bitcoin fell 12.3%, from about 58500 to 51300 I did a whole show about this on Monday. Basically, Twitter raced to give it a narrative explanation. They pointed to a rumor tweet from FX Hedgers that the Treasury Department was going after a number of firms for money laundering with crypto. That tweet came about 30 minutes before, so there was, I suppose, some evidence to the causality. They also pointed to a significant decrease in hash rate after a slew of Chinese miners went offline. They even pointed to Turkey, where there is an upcoming ban on using cryptos as currencies, while trading, holding, and investing are still allowed. My counterpoint on that Monday show was that really this crash had more to do with market structure and specifically leverage than any of these highfalutin macro narratives. Here's how Nidig put it in the analysis they put out about a day later. Quote, We believe the root cause of the sell-off had to do with investor positioning rather than fundamental news. Simply put, traders were overleveraged and positioned long, resulting in forced liquidations. Now, some, like Alameda's Sam Trabuco, did point to Coinbase's IPO underperforming as a reason that the market might have started to sell, but the violence of the move undoubtedly had to do with leverage and liquidations. Fast forward to the end of the week Thursday night. The market starts selling off again in a pretty vicious way, and again, we try to frame it in big macro-narrative terms. This time, it was all about Biden's capital gains tax plan. Here's Coindesk's headline. Bitcoin leads price sell-off across crypto markets as Biden tax plan bites, with the subtitle, Bitcoin falls as Biden's plan to raise capital gains tax hurts risk appetite. In this conceit, the market has been trading super risk-on because of agro-liquidity from the Fed, but now it's seeing the reality of the Biden administration and has started to worry. I'm a little skeptical of this, not because it's unsound, but I think Bitcoin functions as a macro asset on a medium to long scale. It's obviously undeniable that the macro narrative of the potential for inflation and unlimited money printing are the things that are driving people into Bitcoin's waiting arms. However, I also don't think in the short term it fully responds to news the way that stocks do. That said, inevitably, the more overlap we have between regular stock market participants and crypto market participants I suppose there will necessarily be some of that shift where Bitcoin becomes more responsive in the same way the stock market is. Maybe a more reasonable version of the macro narrative came from the CEO of Delta Exchange, who said, Cryptocurrency was already on the defensive, having breached the long-held 50-day SMA support earlier this week. The tax news invited more profit-taking. Interestingly, the dynamics of these two sell-offs seem different. Here's how Alex Kruger put it. Crashes characterized by extreme liquidations in a highly levered market, e.g. April 17th, bounce fast due to the mechanics of stop losses. Crashes characterized by heavy spot selling not in a highly levered market, e.g. April 22nd, don't bounce as hard, making buy the dip much more challenging. Looking for the best way to unlock your crypto's liquidity? Nexo.io is exactly what you need. 
Borrow against your digital assets at just 5.9% APR. Earn passive income with yields of up to 12%. And swap between more than 75 market pairs with the instant Nexo Exchange. Try the Nexo Wallet app to get the whole 360 degrees of crypto banking. Get started at Nexo.io. The sentiment is definitely a little rougher out there right now. I'm recording this Friday afternoon, so who knows what'll have happened between now and when you're listening, but it's definitely a little gloomy going into the weekend. Given that, let's look at the upside for the moment. The first has to do with froth. Things have been getting overheated and not in the good way. I did a whole show earlier this week about the return of some very, very 2017-2018 dynamics. In that show, I looked at Doge. While I think Doge has some pretty unique aspects to its story, it is still quite unhealthy to see 600% gains in a month and something like 10,000% gains on a year on a project that is more or less just a meme. It suggests some pretty serious wonkiness going on. As an aside, I'm in a Magic the Gathering classic collectors group on Facebook, and someone was asking why a card that another person in the group was trying to sell was so expensive. In response to that, someone posted, In a world where fake money, inspired by a dog meme, is worth $55 billion, I guess anything is possible. But still, Doge wasn't really the thing giving me pause. Instead, it was stuff that I was starting to see pop up on TikTok. First, an argument for XRP totally divorced from reality, that somehow the SEC lawsuit means that Ripple was the chosen heir to the US dollar. That would have been one thing if it was just crazy crackpots, but the price of XRP was going up significantly at the same time. Same too with a whole slew of other 2017-2018 vintage coins. Worse, however, was SafeMoon. This is a coin whose main value proposition was a holder game where it charged a 10% fee to anyone who sold it and redistributed half of that to other holders. TikTok was completely ablaze with content about SafeMoon and why it was going to moon. It was all videos of people talking about how, if it only went to one cent per token, you could turn $30 into $200,000. The problem, of course, is that there are one quadrillion SafeMoon tokens, so that if it did become one cent, that would make the market cap roughly $10 trillion, or 5x the entire size of the current crypto market. This is the type of logic that is addictive and dangerous. Still, SafeMoon pumped like 100% in a day and then crashed again and has sort of just kept falling. As I said, this is the good news section, and the point I want to make here is that these types of random pump coins being all over TikTok, and that shit actually working, is not a sign of a healthy market. It is a sign of exactly the opposite, in fact, where there is no relationship between risk and reward on even the most tenuous level. That's the thing that ultimately tore the ICO boom to shreds. A huge amount of nothing pumped through the shitcoin waterfall. Each step on the waterfall got people who were closer to the issuers a little richer, and so it was perpetuated. But that sort of thing can only go on so long. You can tell out there right now that the 2017-2018 PTSD is real. That wasn't just a normal market cycle. It was peak insanity and mania that took years of recovery to right side. Anyone who lived through that really really doesn't want to go through it again. There is this notion currently of a Bitcoin super cycle. The idea is that if in the past, the crypto market cycle has followed a four-year function where the decrease in supply of the halving initially creates a boost in price as more people try to get in, and then that peters off for a while until the whole thing starts again. 
That's the regular Bitcoin cycle. That's the historic Bitcoin cycle. The idea of a super cycle is that because of all of these institutions that have come in, we potentially have a new set of forces which keep a more perpetual ongoing demand that isn't strictly focused around the four-year halving cycle. I can think of nothing that could do more to screw up any truth there is in this super cycle concept than running a repeat of 2017, where tons and tons of retail investors get involved in these terrible projects, and that becomes the thing that the Bitcoin industry is to outsiders, to regulators, to traditional institutions, etc. Right now, it looks like this dip has wiped the momentum off of just about everything. Maybe, maybe it gives us a chance to regroup and avoid this 2017 replay that I'm dreading. Maybe. Before we wrap, however, one more piece of good news for those of you who are crying over your Bitcoin pile. I'll remind you that in 2017, when it came to Bitcoin, there were some serious moves down on the way up. 32% down in January, 31% down in March, 40% down around July and August, 35.7% down around October, and then 28.7% down in November before that big March to 20K. The point is this. Bull markets aren't strictly linear, and despite the name of the Crypto Cobain and Ledger Status show, there is no such thing as up only. As we've discussed today, here's hoping that that might be, in this case, a good thing. For now, guys, I appreciate you listening. I hope you're having a great weekend. Until tomorrow, be safe and take care of each other. Peace. We're witnessing the greatest paradigm shift in finance in modern history. Join thousands of newsmakers and influencers talking the future of money at Consensus by Coindesk. A live virtual experience of leaders, changemakers, virtual reality meetups, keynotes from Ray Dalio, Gary Vaynerchuk, and much more. Get an up-close look at the boom in crypto, the surge in institutional investment in Bitcoin, the NFT mania, the breakneck innovation in decentralized finance, and the coming disruption from central bank digital currencies. The Breakdown listeners can visit events.coindesk.com and use the promo code BREAKDOWN to save $25 today. Join us May 24th through May 27th for Consensus by Coindesk and register today at events.coindesk.com because ticket prices go up at the end of this month. Thanks for listening and we'll see you there.